Welcome to Breakthrough with Brig, the podcast that teaches high-achieving Black women how to use thought work to break through barriers, get out of their own way, and become their best self in the most loving and sustainable way. Y'all ready? Let's dig in. Hey guys, how's it going? I have been enjoying the spring. I've been playing in the dirt. I got a new garden. I'll probably be making my own salad straight from my garden again. I missed my garden. I had a garden before I moved here four years ago. And I never had the right place that got enough sun for me to have a successful garden. And I tried like three different times. And then one day there was a thunderstorm and it took down like a 50 year old massive tree in my backyard. Guys, I cried. The tree, when it fell down, luckily only a limb of the tree fell. This tells you how massive it is. Because the limb just about took over my entire backyard and it took out six other trees. So because the tree was damaged and it actually leaned over my house and missing the other branch that counterbalanced it, the chances of it falling on my house increased. So I had to remove the tree. But guess what happened? As it is with all of our lives, right? I cried. I mean, I literally cried. My kids thought I was crazy. I like talked to my friends and cried about it through text messages all that day and and sent them pictures and everything. Like I loved that tree. It had so much character and it gave me so much shade in the summer. And it was one of the reasons why my electric and heating bill was, especially my cooling bill was not as expensive because the tree provided so much shade. But as in life, when one door closes, another door opens. And it took me about two or three months to really start looking at that area and redefining it and going, wait a minute, there's sun here. Wow. And I'm like, I studied it. Like every day I would wake up and like at afternoon, I would look at look at it. At night, in the evening, I would look at it and see how much sun it got. And then I started percolating. I can have a garden finally. And so thus, six months later, I have a beautiful garden. Maybe I'll show you guys some pictures of it one day or do a video. Yeah, maybe I will. Not today, but Because today is something special. I'm breaking protocol and breaking regularly scheduled program to give you a treat. This week, I participated in a podcast with four other powerhouse podcast people, life coaches in their own right, million dollar life coaches at that, and me. And guess what we discussed on this podcast? I give you one guess. You probably won't get it. For the life of you, you wouldn't get it. So I won't even belabor it. We spoke about all things cussing and the patriarchy, (laughs) right? Cussing, how it's considered unladylike and how a lot of our listeners will write in or send us emails and go, I would work with you, but I don't like that you cuss right? So we got together. Well, actually it was Angela's idea, Angela Masinic, and she formed a group and we all talked about all things cussing. So I thought I would share that with you guys. Why not? Right? So we can break regularly scheduled programming for a treat because when I tell you who was on this podcast, you're going to want to hear Have you ever heard of the name Susan Hyatt? I know you have. She's a badass, right? She has her own coaching school. She's a life coach. Yes, body positive. You know her. 
If you don't, look her up. Angela Masinic, she's a stop over drinking coach. Corinne Crabtree, what can I say? The queen of weight loss? Yes, the queen. And her title of her podcast and her program is the no bullshit, right? So of course, all things cussing. And the feminist coach herself, creating the revolution of our mind, the fabulous Cara Lowenthal. Yeah, the unfuck your brain queen, right? So, and me, yeah. So of course, all things cussing, let's get in. I want you guys to listen in on this podcast and we will resume back to our program next week. Until then though, here's a little treat. Y'all, I am so excited to have some amazing badass ladies on the podcast today. We are talking about the patriarchy and swearing, and I'm just going to let y'all introduce yourself. We'll just go we'll start with Brig, and we'll go down the line, and you guys tell it better than me. So shoot. All right. I'm Brig Johnson, and I'm a life and mindset coach for high-achieving Black women, and I help my ladies get from where they're capable of and where they are now and bridge that gap, and we just deal with all the things. What's your signature program called? I went to your website. Let's just start there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I help them become unfuckwithable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Briggs. Mm-hmm. Susan. Hi, I'm Susan Hyatt. I'm a master certified life coach and an author and the founder of the University for Life Coach Training. I help entrepreneurs make money and I help women love their bodies. Thank you so much. Corinne. I'm Corinne Crabtree. I have the No BS Weight Loss Program. So when we're talking about cussing in the patriarchy, no bullshit is in the title of my program. So I obviously am down with it. Been doing this now for about 14 years. So been helping women lose weight the way they want to live their life and cut out all the bullshit diet mentality. Love it. Cara. I'm Cara Lowenthal. I'm the host of the Unfuck Your Brain podcast. So again, obviously very big on swearing. And I am a feminist mindset coach. So I help women identify the ways that being socialized as a woman or along multiple different identities has impacted the way they think about themselves. And I teach them how to reprogram their brain so that they can develop true confidence. And I do that mostly through The Clutch, which is my feminist membership coaching community. Thank you so much. I am so excited. So I wanted to give you guys a little background about how this podcast idea came to my head in the shower one morning. So I get, I, you all get it too. Like you, people send you feedback on swear words and how you shouldn't use swear words and it's offensive and blah, blah, blah. And I get that too, constantly all the time. And I just, before, like, I just like, well, that's, they're just not my people, right? Like I'm not going to be for everybody. That's what I would tell myself. And it's okay that they don't like it. And it just really started annoying me. <laughs> and I'm like, why, why do people feel the need to tell me that they don't think that swearing in a professional environment is okay? And that, and they're women, right? I mean, most of my listeners are women, but they're women that are telling me this. And I just started thinking about it. And recently I moved into an office. So I'm, I'm renting an office right now outside of the home because my three kids are have been at home since this pandemic for the past year. And I just got tired of it, <laughs> of all the interruptions and the noise. So I moved into this office and I noticed myself trying to be quiet. I didn't want to shut and open the door. I didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom too much. I didn't want to be so distracting. And I'm like, holy shit, like, this is some bullshit. This is how I acted in my office environment before. You want to be like, what, seen and not heard, that type of shit. I'm like, this is some patriarchy shit up in my head. And I didn't really even know, like, I knew what the patriarchy was. But in my head, it was just like this father figure. Like, I was raised very traditional patriarchal family. The dad went to work. My mom had to have dinner ready on the table when he got home from work at like four o'clock, my mom went back to work. So to keep that peace, my mom trained us over the phone while she was working to make like fried chicken and mashed potatoes when we got home from school. So dinner would be ready for my dad when he got home, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, I learned how to cook like all that stuff. Right. But I just remember thinking as a kid, this is not what I'm going to (laughs) do. I am not going to be in this relationship, like a, a relationship like this where 
you know, I can't work or I have to have all these things set up. And so it's peaceful and quiet, like leave it to beaver when the man comes in the home. And then I grew up and like, I went to school and all this stuff. And like, that's not what I married. Like my husband isn't like that. doesn't have these expectations, but I didn't really know what the patriarchy was. Like I knew what it, what this word was, but I didn't know what it really was. Like this infiltration of my thoughts and beliefs in me, like as a feminist, like I called myself, but I didn't realize that it was in my brain. I thought it was like this thing outside of me. And actually, it wasn't until um, George Floyd and the whole Black Lives Matter thing came up that I started really paying attention to how it's in the water. Like these thoughts and our belief systems are in the water. And Kara actually led this amazing workshop free webinars about how it's very similar to, you know, racism is very similar to feminist issues and the patriarchy. And so then I started paying attention more to my own thoughts about this shit. And I noticed myself trying to be quiet in this office environment. And then like literally the same day, I got an email from this woman saying, you know, I love your stuff, but you really shouldn't swear. (laughs) And it's not professional. And I'm just like, God, like why? And so then I'm like, you know what? This is the patriarchy. Like she's been sold this idea, this set of beliefs that it's wrong to say these things. And I gently wrote back to her. I usually don't respond to them, but I'm like, I have to. (laughs) And I was like, listen, this makes me really sad because you've been taught, like, why isn't this professional? Like, why do you believe that? You know, like, why is it not okay for me running my own business to use swear words in the ways that I want to? And I'm like, when I started doing this work for myself and stopping over drinking and changing my life, like I edited myself for a long fucking time. A long time I didn't swear. A long time I tried to stay quiet and not make any noise in the office and that shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm going to live and be who I am. And I'm out there. Like, I'm a little rough around the edges. And, you know, I told her, I'm like, when I stopped playing that game and I became who I really am and started swearing freely, I stopped fucking drinking all the time, like, and eating all this shit. So I invite you to do the same. That's basically what I told her. So that's when this idea came into my head. I'm like, who are the people that talk about this shit all the time and swear openly. And all of you came to my mind and I'm like, message, message, message. Who wants to talk about swearing on the podcast? And (laughs) so here we are. We're all like, I'm in. (laughs) So thank you all so much. I've been so Mm -hmm. excited about this and a little nervous, but here we are. That's the story of how it came to be. And um, I guess I just want to open it up and let you guys, like, how do you all define the patriarchy? Or if you define it like that, I'd love to hear a few sentences from each of you. Well, I'll default to Cara because I'm new to all of that. I mean, I I grew up with a single mother, a grandfather who was an alcoholic and a Marine. My grandmother cussed. I didn't even know it was a bad thing until I actually started getting emails from people (laughs) saying it was a bad thing. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, not this way, you know. So I would like to say, if anybody chooses to email me, they always get my mother. She's the one who works my customer service. And if you want to bitch about my mouth and talk about how ashamed my mother must be, that's who you'll be talking to. And she'll probably just say, "Fuck off." Here's a podcast you can listen to. (laughs) This is the best thing I've heard all year. I know. (laughs) I mean, I think um, I actually think Corinne brought up something very important, right? Which is that patriarchy is just one of various existing systems of power, like white supremacy, like ageism, like ableism, right? That all intersect. So even when we talk about like the patriarchy saying women shouldn't curse, well, which women? It's usually white upper middle class women, right? That's who the kind of expectations of femininity are placed on. And then there's very different stereotypes or expectations or limiting beliefs for poor white women or for black women or for fat women or disabled women, right? So even when we're talking about, right, the whole, I think if I'm going to define the patriarchy, I would just say it's the, it's a system of social and government structures in which men are privileged just for being men and women are oppressed just for being women. And I feel like the thing we always have to say for people who have bad associations with the word is that it does not mean you hate individual men. Well, you might hate individual men, but it doesn't mean you hate men in general, right? Like, I am straight. I love men. I have a brothers. I have brothers. I have a father. I have male partners. I have male friends, right? It's not about individual men. Just like structural racism isn't about individual racists. Yes, that exists. But the point is that 
the way the system's set up, we could like zap every man's brain in the world and turn him into a feminist. But if we still had mostly men in positions of power and mostly men with most of the money and they were just picking people to work for them who reminded them of them or they were just right. It's like it's baked in so that even if everybody has the best of intentions, now struck power and money are unequally distributed in a way that is just going to like replicate itself unless we intervene. So that is sort of how I would define the patriarchy. But I do think it's important to qualify that one, it doesn't mean that you don't like men as a group or individuals necessarily. And two, it doesn't mean you're saying every man is evil and hates women. And it's only one slice of things, right? And like, especially the swearing thing and what's considered womanly or feminine is very like not just gendered, but class coded, race coded, Mm -hmm. like all there's all these different elements to it. Thank you. And actually, when I was discussing this podcast with some friends, one of them who is Latina said, you know, that's that's fine and all since you're white that you can go out and just swear and, (laughs) you know, like talk about this thing. And I'm like, that's very interesting that you said that. I'm like, I'm all in for that conversation. You know, like definitely me swearing on my platform maybe is doesn't have as a big an impact as a black woman or somebody else that is swearing like brig do you want to talk about that at all like do you think that there's a oh, difference oh i there? sure do yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes i do for me i can like we're not a monolithic society and a race so i'll just speak for me and my position as a black woman and mine's was literally it's it is like the patriarchy is like white women are these pure, lovely, vulnerable creatures that are, you know, supposed to be protected. And a black woman is seen as loud and crass and angry. Matter of fact, I'm doing a series now on the angry black woman. And so when we as black women cuss, it's like we're proving the stereotype of this angry black woman that, see, I told you, you can't trust her. You can't like all of the stereotype that comes with it. And so it ends up being the same thing. We shrink. We don't say what we need to say. We don't speak up because we don't want to prove the stereotype right. So it's the same coin of a different side. And so for so long, I'm like you, Corinne. My my grandmother was a stewardess on a ship and she passed for white. And so <laughs> she got a job. She served Bob Hope and everybody. But because she was culturally and really black, she hung out with the sailors on the ship. And so my kids cuss, my daughters cuss, my mom cuss. I mean, it's a cuss fest in my house. <laughs> I feel like we need a TV show about your grandmother now. Like, how did I not have any idea about any I'm of obsessed. this? Obsessed. I would hit us with vibes so fast to a podcast or a TV series about your grandma. I know my grandmother was a G. Like she really was. I mean, our family could not come to the ship to see her. Like she would get off the ship and like say bye and then go home and live her life. But yeah, she, she, like she was white presenting, I guess is the way that we culturally, we say it now, but in my family, we said she passed for white, but it was, for me, it was always about this. Like, I felt like there was this yoke on me to not be loud. Like I'm not in corporate America, I'm in medicine. And so like, as you said, class, like when you're, and I do anesthesia for a living. So where you're at that level, like you're supposed to present a certain way. And I felt literally like I was in a straitjacket. And finally, one day I just said, fuck it. Like literally, fuck it. I'm just going to be me. And I get the best, like at my job, my other job, anesthesia, which I'm now quitting. But, um, I get more praise and more of the kudos than any other person because I'm relatable because I'm just me. And yeah, sometimes I'm loud. And I even hear people tell me like, you're loud. And I'm like, I sure am. Now what? Like, who the fuck says that we can't be who we are? Like, where is it that is professional? And as a black woman, it's like the way I wear my hair, the way the clothes fit me. I have an ass. I'm sorry. Yes, I have an ass. It's going to go in. It's going to come up and it's going to go in. And that's not considered professional. So what am I supposed to wear? A muumu? Like, yeah, no. <laughs> oh my God. I love this so much. Thank I know. You. Never apologize for an ass. My personal right? motto. Yes. Yes. So yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Susan, what you got to say? <laughs> well, so I was raised by a truck driver, but in the South where a good Southern lady doesn't, it was okay for my brother 
to curse like a truck driver, but probably not okay for me. And from the youngest age, got in trouble for cursing, you know, with my family at Catholic school. And as a business owner, like many of you, I get feedback and cursing is a, is a big one. And what I think about this is that for women to use their voice or own their bodies, I mean, historically, women have been burned at the stake for owning and using their voice unapologetically. And so, of course, the modern rendition of that online is, you know, don't don't say it like that. Don't look like that. And it could be anything like fill in the blank. It doesn't matter, honestly, like what size you are or how you say things. I mean, look at Chrissy Teigen, for example, who left Twitter because of the vitriol slung her way for cursing, for showing her body, for showing up politically and all those things. So, you know, for me, being able to say what I want to say, how I want to say it has been an integral part of my success as well, because like everyone is talking about, women are afraid to do it because what if somebody calls you out? What if somebody sends a strongly worded email? What if, you know, we lose business because of it? And it it really has been my experience that like Brig is saying, like people are drawn to people who are just themselves. So it's not like, oh, let's all start saying fuck it because you know, that's the cool thing to do. It's like, let's just empower each other to express ourselves in ways that feel authentic. And for all of us on this Zoom, it so happens to include cursing like a truck driver or a sailor. Yes. And I think it's so interesting too. Like my, so my parents cuss, my mom loves cussing. We talk about cussing. We really geek out together with it. But my dad, he cussed, but he doesn't think women should cuss. Correct. My father too. Yeah. It's like, we can't say, oh, that's offensive. And it's like, I didn't even really see this until I swear, probably like a month ago of like Mm -hmm. how this is the patriarchy. And, you know, I don't know that I like even using that word, the patriarchy, because for me, it's still like it is feels like it's something like a real I can see it. It should be like a statue or something of a person. But really, it's in our heads. Right. It's like what we think. And it's in women's head, which I think is for us and in, in what we do as business is the most infectious part of it and letting them see how it's in their heads. And maybe this podcast will open up their brains a little bit to help them see how their thoughts when they want to send us an email or be offended about these types of things or how we show up or how we dress and do some inner reflection on that and see where that shows up in their lives. And so, I think it's often women who are, or not just women in general, it's people who are suffering by conforming to the rules that are the most resentful when Mm -hmm. other people break them. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like the people who are like, well, I do wear the muumuu. So how dare you not? Right. Or I do whatever it is. Right. I make sure I don't curse and I like code switch to seem professional and I do this. And like, so if you're not doing it right, that brings up all of this resentment that has nowhere to go. And then it's this attempt to like, I have to, (laughs) it's like no other podcast in which I would have to tell the story as much. I once got an email from somebody who not only, she was like not in the yelling at me for cursing. She was like, could you please, this is 100% true, I swear to God. Could you please record an entire separate version of your podcast without cursing? Because my husband is a doctor and I'm trying to get him to recommend your podcast to his teenage female clients. And he says he won't do it because you curse. And I was just like, this is just so perfect because it's like the control issue, right? It's like, first of all, her husband obviously doesn't give a shit and was just like, right? She's like trying to make him listen to this podcast about women unfucking their brains. And he's like, I don't want to listen to that. So he's like, uh, no, it seems inappropriate because there's cursing. And she's like, great, I'll fix that problem. Here's, a, here's how I'm going to control you. I'm going to try to control this stranger and get her to do this whole different thing so then I can make my husband do that. Right? It was just like such a meta level of it, but it was like such a perfect snapshot of that how desperate it feels, right? When you are like trying to control something you can't control and how like spun out on that you have to be to like email a stranger and be like, please do double your free work in a different way that I would like more. It's like that one to me was wilder than the people who are just like, this is unprofessional. You shouldn't do it. I'm like, okay, I I see it. Like that's your thought model. Mm -hmm. But I do think it all comes from this, like women are taught 
to control themselves so much, right? And then every additional identity you live in, there's an extra level, right? Black women have to control themselves in a different way. And then fat women have to demonstrate a different kind of control. And then so like the more and more that you have shrunk your life for that, when you see somebody else not doing it, yeah, some people respond to that as inspirational. And then some people feel like, hey, fuck you. I've been doing all of this. Like I've been following the rules. And like, how dare you sort of not do that? And I think a lot of like the resistance we get comes from that. Mm -hmm. Love it. How do you see your clients holding themselves back from expressing themselves in this way? What sticks out to you all the most? I'll just jump in and say 100% like saying the truth. I'm always like, what truth has been left unsaid when someone's struggling with their communication plan, when they're struggling with like, usually when a client says, I'm not making any money, I'm like, okay, what are you not saying? Because it's all like, it is impossible to grow a successful business as successful as it could be. Mm -hmm. If you are, really hiding under layers and layers of the rules like Kara is saying. So they're usually just dying inside to say the thing, whatever it is, but say it in a way that is how they talk. Mm -hmm. And so I see clients not making money, not showing up, you know, fully for whatever role it is that they have, not making the money that they could make, not enjoying life. I mean, like Brig was saying, you know, she felt like she was wearing a straight jacket because she was trying to like be professional. And honestly, my first probably like six to nine months in this business, I was, you know, wearing a cardigan that was way too tight. I was trying to be this like professional life coach and not curse and be, you know, way more buttoned up than I actually am. And when I finally was like, okay, like, I am not the typical, you know, people still, when you're a life coach, make an assumption that you need to be nice all the time, right? And I'm like, let me tell you what Susan Hyatt is not doing today is being nice, all right? But I couldn't talk like that in the beginning. And so I was exhausted. And that's what I see with my clients. They're exhausted and broke. Yeah. And I just think that energy too, like comes out, like if you, right, if you're wanting to get a raise or you want to get the promotion or you want to ask for more business, whatever that is, like your self being your, in, like being inauthentic when you, maybe if you don't even realize it, that energy comes out and they're like, there's just something off with you. There's something that's missing. <laughs> like they don't even yeah. know what that is. Right. Yeah. I think the way I see it in my clients, this is something that I was thinking about is I don't think they have ever been even asked who they want to be. I don't think that they realize that they have spent so much of their life trying to be what they've been told to be or what is expected of them. Like there's a big disconnect. I think some of us really understand this concept. I think for my clients, what I see most often is a lot of them is very shocking to them when they first join my membership and we start talking about who do you want to be? How do you want to think and feel? Like no one's literally ever asked them that. They have always been trying to fit a narrative for like since they were a young child that they spin out all day long worrying about if they're doing it right, worrying about what other people think and stuff, and then wonder why at night, by the time that they shut it all down, that they need to eat. Yeah. It's like they just... They're so exhausted mentally that they can't even turn within themselves to even check in to see what their needs are. Like they're just never taught that. I mean, it is, it is like jumping into an ice bath sometimes when they first join my membership because we're not just talking about calories and macros and food plans. We're yeah. actually asking them about their own opinions of themselves and what are you thinking about you? And did you know that you can even change some of this? Do you even know that you have the right and the power to decide how you want to think and feel about your own body, about your own food, about your own life, about your career and stuff? It is overwhelming for them at times. And so I think that that is something that a lot of people don't realize until they're introduced to this concept. They just don't know that they've spent their entire life really trying to just conform and then yeah. wondering why they're so fucking miserable. Yeah. I mean, that was exactly my experience. Exactly. I felt like I had to fit this American lifestyle 
go to work, have the kids, have the house, be successful. And then like I achieved all that. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm still not happy. I am miserable and I'm drinking wine every fucking night and munching on popcorn and watching Netflix to to shut it all off my dissatisfaction in my life because of this standard that I was trying to live. And I got to the standard and it still wasn't working. And it wasn't until I found life coach and began to question that shit and question my thoughts and really tune into what I really wanted and let go of what I thought I should be like and what other people wanted me to be like, even if that meant disappointing my parents telling my story about my drinking to the freaking public. Like before I even became a life coach, I started podcasting about this shit. You know, like that was a big deal for me to like, just let it out just to share my own internal dialogue and my thoughts about it. Like I'm going to start crying in a second, (laughs) but like when you do let it go, when you do tap into who you really are and express yourself and say the things that you want to, you feel free and you feel more alive and you feel like you are living again and your life becomes so much better, right? Like, let's hear what you guys think about that. I think it's about connection because when there are parts of ourselves that we deem unsuitable, then we disconnect ourselves from those parts of us. And when we finally say, fuck it, like this is me, this is the whole package, and we accept us, that allows other people to accept us also. It's so funny because most of my clients, when they work with me, they're so afraid of being themselves. And then when they start being themselves, they start getting the promotions, they start getting the visibility. It is the self-acceptance and like, What we're saying is being your own BFF, like being connected inside, having a better relationship with you, as Corinne was saying, so that like that is money. Money is relationships. And the first major relationship is your relationship with yourself. That is good. Your ability to have a relationship with others and accept them for where they are and who they are is priceless. That's money. That's value. I love it. And I think that's true also if you're like, all of this is equally true if you're a religious person who doesn't want to curse and you're hanging out with a bunch yes. of coaches who curse, right? Like right. being comfortable being that person, right? And not being like, oh, I have to curse or like do fancy photo shoots or whatever. Like whatever thing doesn't feel authentic to you, right? It's like being, knowing that, I mean, like I I have, I look at the way that some of my peers do things and like, this is such a small example. Like I hate doing videos. I hate watching videos. I hate filming videos. I just don't do any in my business. And you know what? It's like, fine. I still make seven figures. Whatever it is, like you want to curse all the time or you never want to curse or you want to like talk about, you know, our Lord and Savior or you want to like say that God doesn't exist. Like whatever thing you're doing that some people are going to hate but is authentic to you is going to draw your people to you, right? It's not like everybody should curse, right? Or everybody like should do it a certain way. There are, there are worlds in which it's like very unfashionable to not curse or to say like, oh, I actually have a moral objection to that. Or I have, you know, in my world, that would be much weirder for somebody to be like, oh no, I don't curse for religious reasons. I mean, in my like social educational class world, that would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So whatever it is, that's like your, you know, your truth, (laughs) right? Being aligned with that. I mean, I think that's just so true. Like the offense, this is one of the questions I had on here, the offensiveness that comes from when you may not want to do that, right? You may not want to curse, but hearing other people, and I think Cara, we already touched about that, the the sort of like the, well, if I can't do it, you can't do it either type of thing, right? But the offensiveness that comes, like let go of the offensiveness and like turn more towards acceptance, like you be you, let other people be themselves, right? And we all would get together a lot, you know, get along a lot better, I think, right? I think that's difficult for Black women because we have been taught that we are representing the whole entire race and we carry that. I find it interesting that as I watched the news when I was a little girl, when there was a shooting, when there was something, my first statement before they saw, showed the picture was, I hope it's not a black person. Like it was always, I hope it's not a black person. When you heard something, you hope it wasn't because we're always on this thing of disproving this, this stereotype. And so one of the things I think for my clients is like to detach from the stereotype. Like I am no longer appropriate. Like to like hold up the whole race. Like that's not my job. It never was. And what's the stereotype? Why are we still trying to disprove what didn't even need to be proven in the first place? I love that. Thank you. 
That's so interesting because I think I also like at growing up Jewish, there's a similar sort of like you are represented, you know, but it's so interesting what the different stereotypes are. So Jews, there's not a stereotype that Jews are violent, but anytime there's like a financial fraud, <laughs> you're like, oh God, I hope it's not a Jew. Now we're going to get, you know, like a resurgence of Jews controlled and, you know, the international monetary world and they're stealing all your money or whatever it is. So yeah, I think, you know, being, a, I think as coaches, especially being aware of our own cultural blind spots and our own kind of, I'm doing this advanced certification that actually that brig is in. And like, it's such a humbling process just to teach it. Cause every time I write a module five seconds later, I'm like, Oh my God, there's all of these, like I have all these blind spots that I didn't even address in here that I need to do better the next time. But I think that like the more it's like a paradox where I think sometimes coaching is taught as like, just, just like in this neutral space, that's how you coach, right? Not knowing anything about anybody's life and not bringing any of your own opinions in. But part of what I've been trying to teach in this, in this certification that I believe is true is actually like, you know, the more you know about the world and other people's experiences, the better you can create a neutral container because you are aware of what your blind spots are and you're better able to identify what your clients may be thinking. If you're a white coach who hasn't educated yourself, then you have no idea that if you're coaching a woman of color about her thoughts about the police on the news be different than if you're coaching a Jewish woman about a Ponzi scheme or like whatever else, right? You have to know what those kind of blind spots are. Thank you. What else do you guys want to say about this topic? Like, what do you think people should take away from this and maybe apply or think about differently? I feel like I do have to say one other thing, which is like, we also have to all acknowledge how subjective this is. Like to us, cursing isn't offensive. So we think this is silly, but there are things people could say on a podcast that I would be like, holy shit, why are you saying that? Right? Like if somebody started saying racist stuff or anti-Semitic stuff or something on a podcast, I would be like, that's super offensive. <laughs> I don't know that I would. I do think there's a difference in like, I'm just not someone who ever is like, you know what I'm going to do today? Write a strongly worded letter to a stranger. Like I got too much stuff to do. I don't have time. So I wouldn't act on it maybe. But like, I do think as coaches, we have to acknowledge, yeah, to us, cursing's no big deal. So why would you write into someone about it? But there are people who have different beliefs about it. So I just think we can't have this conversation as if it's like objective that cursing isn't a big deal, right? Or objective that cursing isn't offensive. Mm -hmm. This is just our personal subjective opinion on like what is or isn't and what's worth writing in about. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think it's important for people to really consider why they find it offensive. You know, I'm always like, hey, I'm not for everybody. If you don't like the way that I talk about these things, you are invited to kick rocks, like go somewhere else, right? <laughs> go listen to, there are all these other resources and life coaches and shows and podcasts, like please avert your eyes <laughs> and your ears. <laughs> and so it's like an invitation for people to explore. Why do you find it offensive? Questioning, could it be your programming? from the patriarchy. And if you are outraged, where can you direct that? That's not at trying to control other people's thoughts, opinions, and behaviors is really how I'm, you know, how, what I want to encourage listeners to do. Cause again, I mean, we've already said, it's not about like, everybody needs to curse. It's so liberating. It's like everyone needs to express themselves how they see fit and be emotional adults about it. And I think that's, it's also important, like building on that, looking at your own reactions also in through the lens of like, do I believe this equally for everyone? Right. So mm -hmm. it's like one thing if you're like, well, I'm opposed to cursing and I don't think anybody should curse. Like, okay, I'm being consistent now. Right. But is it, oh, well, I think like men can curse or at least white men can curse, but these people shouldn't curse. Like just getting curious about your reaction. Like, is this really just a value I have for everybody? Is this an expectation that I'm applying only because of XYZ and only these people, like I, that kind of inquiry, I think it's always a good, like when you have different expectations for different groups of people, that's always like a good little ripple in your mental fabric to like look into and see what's going on in there. I love that. But that just takes some awareness and some pausing <laughs> and like not jumping down the judgment train. I, my podcast for next week is actually on judgment and like, why do we judge other people? And I did a little research on it. And it's like, why do we judge? Why are we so quick to say, that's not right? You're doing it wrong. And basically, we all know this because we're all similarly trained, but it's because our brain is taking the easiest way. Like, that's just 
when we look at our how we are raised in our society and our family structures, we have been taught to think certain things about other people that are not like us. And so when we see or hear something that is not the way we would do it, our first brain response is to judge. Like that's just what happens, right? We can't really stop that from happening. But inquirious minds or people who want to question their judgments, question racism, feminism, the patriarchy, all of that. When you're trying to open your brain to learn differently about other people and how we're all connected together, just pausing would be a good idea. Ask yourself why that's offensive. What belief system do you have in there that's causing you to feel the way that you feel in your body that makes you want to send that email to say that's not right, to say that you're wrong is my advice that's coming next week though. (laughs) And like, what are you going to, what's your desired outcome? I always feel like when people are in in an urgent action mode, like I always want to be like, okay, what do you, like, realistically, do you think I'm going to change the name of my podcast that has $15 million and is called Unfuck Your Brain? Like, probably not. So like, what is it? What's the outcome we are wanting here, right? What is it that you, because people don't think that far, right? Just like you're saying, they have the emotion come up. Yep. And then we know as coaches, they're like, I have a feeling I want to take some action to try to make this feeling go away. So let me, right, yeah, send the email, yell into the void, be mean to the customer service person, like whatever I think is going to like discharge the emotion I'm feeling. But like that opportunity to sit with it and see what's in there, who cares? You can still hate us cursing, but you're going to learn something about yourself, right? If you pause and actually look at what's bringing up that urge in your body to send the email, yell at us, whatever it is. Yeah. And also awesome. most of us have people who read our emails. So if you're trying to like upset us, you're not, it's not right. Corinne, you're getting her mom. Yeah. For me, like it's, it's poor Christy. Yeah. When you send an email like that, you're just, you're just messing with Christy's day. Who has to read my email? Like, that's not. So what is the actual purpose of doing this? I think that's the the big question too, is why do you feel the need for someone else to change? Like really examining your reasoning and then see where you do that in other places in life. Like us cussing, triggering something in you to ask someone to, you know, like I've had the same thing as Kara's had. I've literally had more people than I can count ask me to do two podcasts, a clean version and a regular version for them. That's free. And I'm like, no, either listen to someone else and do your own due diligence to go find that person or put on some earmuffs when I'm cussing. Like, there's your two choices. And so, like, understanding why you would want someone else to change so that you get to think and feel the way you would like to. And then see where else you're doing that in life. Our cussing might be a really good, easy softball pitch to figure out how you're setting your entire life up in ways where you're looking outside of you for changes to figure out how to feel better all the time. And that is a very exhausting life to live. It's literally like, here's an opportunity to apply what I teach on this podcast, right? The emails are always like, I love you so much and following your podcast has changed my life. But when you curse, I have a bad feeling. So please Mm -hmm. stop, right? And I'm like, okay, no, we got the first part right. And now... (laughs) We got to apply that to this circumstance. Like, Keep listening to me cuss until you don't feel it anymore. There exactly. you go. There's your medicine. <laughs> well, I think exactly. the biggest message here is like that when you have judgments about other people and how they should show up, you are creating a result in your life that is probably not one that you may enjoy, <laughs> right? Like that affects you and your life and how you show up when you judge other people. So selfishly, Like it would be worth our time, I think, as the listeners, or if they hear something offensive, see something offensive to dig in here because it makes your life better when you open up your brain to think about this stuff differently. That's like the selfish component to it all. Do you guys know Lindy West, the writer? Mm -hmm. So she's a, she's a writer and a fat woman and she writes about many things, but including kind of fat politics. And she had this amazing piece that's out there where she had this troll. I think this was Lindy West, right? Does this sound familiar, Susan? Yes, had, I know exactly what you're going to yeah, say. She had this troll who was like harassing her insanely on Twitter up to and including, I believe, pretending to be her dead father mm. and sending her stuff. And she actually like answered him and got to know him and like tried to investigate what was behind this. And of course, it was just like a very hurt, confused human, right? Who, because also I believe he was a cis white man, had been trained that the way you deal with your negative emotions is to like lash out at women and, you know, whatever. 
but it, that was just to me. So like, we don't all have the time or inclination <laughs> to do that with people who come, who write us these kinds of things. But it was just such a like, I think like what we're describing, what we have to be careful of on both sides, right, is like missing the humanity of the other person involved. So like the people who want to yell at us are not thinking about our humanity. And like, we're all having fun here. And some of these stories are hilarious. But like that person who wanted me to do a whole clean version of my podcast, she was having, you know, just the human experience, like a really strong emotion that she didn't know what to do with. And so she tried to control someone else. And like, let those of us who have not done that cast the first stone, right? Like that's such a human experience we can all identify with. Yeah, it really does hurt my heart. Like when this last one that spurred this whole podcast, I was just like, I felt bad for her, you know, because it's like she said the exact same thing. I love you so much. You, what your your content has changed everything, blah, blah, blah. But you're swearing. I'm just like, oh, if you could just accept the swearing, like you could still have all these amazing benefits and you you and your life could be better or easier. Right. So, yeah, it's really is like I love all the humans. I love all of it. I'm here for all of it. All of my podcast listeners are listening it. You're welcome to email. I probably won't respond to all of them, but you know, we, I, I do listen to the feedback sometimes. Um, I make my decisions on if I want to adjust things. Swearing is, is a hard line in the sand for me. <laughs> like that is just not something I'm going to do because it's part of who I am. Like it's just in me that I want to cuss and I feel good when I do it. <laughs> and physiologically so, right? Yes. Have you guys seen the Netflix documentary about swearing? Yes. I have yeah. not. What? I, I need to watch that. this. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. I have so seen the studies good. that people who swear supposedly are more intelligent, but I feel like yes. that these might be biased studies. I mean, also, people with certain education can get away with swearing more in professional settings. So listen, Samuel Jackson hosts this thing on Netflix. <laughs> Oh my God. Perfect. And like, they talk about pain and swearing and like, you go through less pain if you say like they did a like real live, like people putting their fists in ice and then like saying the F word, like, and they held their hand in the ice longer. Like, listen, it releases endorphins and helps you feel better. So there are That's so many benefits. Now here's the portion of us converting all of the yeah, non-swearers into swearers. Swear. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say like, I, that, idea of like, I mean, so for people who don't know me, I'm a kind of anti-diet coach. I mean, that's not my main thing, but but that is one of my kind of pillars. And I went through the life coach school training, which was full of weight loss coaching, right? And I always talk about like, this is for me, my, and I was pretty new in my like health at any size body positivity journey at that point. So it was not easy to like be in a room with people constantly talking about weight loss and why it's so great to lose weight and why being thin is so great. Like it was just like being immersed in diet culture from my perspective, but having stuck with that and managed my own mind about it and, and like increased my own resilience and ability to be in that space completely changed my life. And if I had tried to just protect myself from that and not be around it, right. We think we're trying to help ourselves, but we're actually just increasing our own fragility. Right. And I'm not talking about people who have clinical PTSD and that's a separate situation. Right. I'm just talking about those of us who are like, I'm having a really strong negative emotion right now that I don't like. And I would like to remove this thing from my life so I don't have to feel it. Right. But like all of my my coaching is so much deeper because I went through that and I really examined it and I coached myself on it. And I'm so much firmer in my conclusions and able to have any conversation about weight loss and coaching and body positivity, whatever. And now Corinne and I are great friends. Like <laughs> as many of my hilariously, many of my close friends are weight loss coaches and we don't fight and we love each other. Like that, you know, when you, I have a whole episode that's sort of like when you quote unquote feel triggered, assuming it's not a real PTSD trigger, which most of the time when people are using that word, it's not like go into that. It's like the not in when you get a deep tissue massage and like the spot hurts, like that's the place to go in. That's where you're going to learn something and get some release and you know, I think it's just like having done that myself with something that for me was much more intense than like swearing. It's so worth it on the other side for what you're going to learn. Love it. All right, y'all. Any last final comments? Anything you want to say before we wrap? And then we're going to go around and tell everybody how people can find you, get in touch with you, or work with you. Final words. Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck this was a fucking oh, podcast. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Have you guys all seen The Wire? You know that scene in The Wire where there's an entire scene in The Wire where the two detectives do an entire murder scene investigation just using the word fuck? It's a, no, it's a true classic of the genre. 
It's in season one, I think. McNulty and Bunk, they're Baltimore homicide detectives. Having grown up in Baltimore, the show is very close to my heart. Having grown up like in downtown Baltimore, the show is very close to my heart. Uh, But they do an entire scene where they are investigating. They're like doing the canvas of of a murder scene. It's like 10 minutes long. And all either of them, the only word either of them ever says is fuck. And they communicate the whole scene that way. So like, that's my, you know, swearing can be a... It's not a throwaway. It can it can be an entire method of communication. Yes. yes. Art. Totally. Art. Yeah, totally. exactly. It's an art. It's an art, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brig, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, yes. I'm Brig Johnson, and BrigJohnson.com is my website, and Breakthrough with Brig is my weekly podcast. And they can follow me on Instagram, Johnson Brig. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Susan Hyatt. This is how I say Susan Hyatt in my head. Susan fucking Hyatt. That's when I, <laughs> I like am thinking about you. It's Susan fucking Hyatt. So that delights me. Lots of people say that. So it is on brand. The <laughs> F bomb is on brand for me. Um, the hub for me is shyatt.com. On Instagram, I'm Susan Hyatt. My podcast is Rich Coach Club. And then you can also check out the University for Life Coach Training if you want to train to be a coach who curses. Yes. Corinne. I'm Corinne Crabtree. You can find my free course at nobsfreecourse.com. And you can listen to my podcast, Losing 100 Pounds with Corinne. Drops mm-hmm. every Friday. Thank you. And you're actively, wait, your membership opens tomorrow. Is that right? Yeah, March 31st. And then we'll close on April the 3rd. Love it. Thank you so much. Kara. I love that you're like, how can people get in touch with us? And this whole podcast is us being, being like, don't get in touch with us. We're not, <laughs> we're not going to, re- we're not going to read the email. We're not going to change our cursing. Just keep it to yourself. Uh, you can find me at uh, my podcast it's called Unfuck Your Brain. There is a lot of cursing on it. Please be warned. This is also hilarious to me that people are like, this podcast called Unfuck Your Brain turns out to have a lot of cursing. Yes, it is. <laughs> So that's where you can find me. And um, the clutch is my feminist coaching program. And that's at unfuckyourbrain.com <laughs> forward slash the clutch. Do not come if you don't like the word fuck. We use it a lot. It's a good word. Thank you all so much. This was amazing. I love you. Thanks for taking the time this morning. Thank Thanks you. It was a delight. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to take thought work even deeper with me as your guide, opportunities to work with me one-on-one are available. Go to BrickJohnson.com to schedule your own personal breakthrough call. In 30 minutes, we'll see if working together is a great fit. BrickJohnson.com. B-R-I-G-J-O-H-N-S-O-N. See you next time.